What's up, Crypt Nation? Episode 10 of the Weekly Fire. I can't believe we finally made it. We did. So for 10 weeks, we have been setting things ablaze, and this week is no different. We have some very hot burning questions and debates for you today so let's get right into it yes and we also have a pretty steaming pretty piping hot market and what do i mean by that so you know we like to start every episode with a weekly weather report so here's kind of what we're seeing in the market we're seeing again some serious consolidation of bitcoin at that 8k level again you could go back and listen to every single weekly fire episode probably since episode two or three where we've been calling 8k 8K, it's gotta get hit, it's gotta get hit. And it finally got hit uh, this past week. And we saw the reaction that we wanted to see. We didn't see 8K get hit and then get completely dumped through. We saw a lot of support build around that level. And we were kind of just looking at that level because it was the top of the range where we had been consolidating since May of 2018. It was the top of that range. You know, it was about 8K to about 6K. So we wanted to make sure that we retested that range. And it was also this uh, consolidation range over here in May and uh, basically May through June of this year of 2019. And there was just a lot of volume uh, traded at that level. So a tool I really like to use to spot these uh, areas of significance is a cool tool called the volume profile range or the VPVR. So I I highly encourage you to go on to tradingview.com, check out the VPVR. It's an indicator that just by itself, you have to pay 30 bucks a month for, but this thing is literally like a cheat sheet to the markets. It tells you where literally every support and resistance rule is, or line is, I should say. And it's really never failed me. So here's what I'm looking at right now. I'm looking in Bitcoin. If it breaks these lows that we set at 7730, uh, I'm looking at Bitstamp right now. If we break these lows of 7730, there's no doubt in my mind we go back to test the bottom of the range from last year around 5800 or 6K. But you know we got to break these near near-term lows on Bitcoin at around 7,700 if we're going to go down to, let's call it 62 or 6,300. I actually don't think that's going to happen. I think that this is a large correction in in the midterm time frame. But I also think, you know, if you look at the trend, like we're in a long-term uptrend now. So I think that this is probably going to be the best spot where you could start to ease in to, uh, you know, risk-adjusted long positions and if you do get down to you know anything below seventy seven hundred, that's that's where you got to start fucking uh, scaling in. Again, this is not necessarily you know this is definitely not financial advice or investment advice. This is just educational, just kind of what I'm seeing in the market. But beyond Bitcoin, I think we're actually going to have a better price action to the upside on altcoins. So I'm looking at coins like zero x. You know, let's see what that is against Bitcoin right now. Zero X is at, you know, uh, 2483. Uh, we're looking at, you know, coins like EOS. We're looking at coins like, uh, MakerDAO, fundamentally strong coins that have been totally, totally, totally oversold against Bitcoin in the last two years that are now finally starting to show signs of life. And one of the things that we saw actually this week, and we're going to talk about it in our news segment, was, you know, a lot of bad news came out this week for EOS about, you know, the SEC taking action against Block One and all that kind of stuff. But the price actually didn't budge to the downside at all. And in fact, it kind of had a really, really, really high volume sell-off, actually the highest volume sell-off we've ever seen in that market. 
but the price absorbed all of it. The market absorbed all of it, right? So what does that tell me? Well, bear markets are no longer bear markets when bad news doesn't affect the price. And so, you know, on the inverse, you know, you're in a bull market when bad news doesn't affect the price. You know what I'm saying? So I think that EOS is about to be in a bull market. I think all high quality, large cap coins are going to be seeing uh, an outperformance of Bitcoin here in the next call it a month, two months. I think these, th- the, these cycles are going to be very short lived. I don't think that in the long term, any of them can hold a, hold a stick really to Bitcoin's long term potential, but there are still really, really, really good risk adjusted opportunities here and now presently to earn some more Bitcoin. So, you know, guys, that's just, that's just one guy's little opinion here. Uh, take it with a grain of salt, make your own decisions and, and, be sure to just do your own research, but this is looking like a good time for for me personally. What I don't know, what are you seeing, Pete? What I'm seeing is institutions have now made it known that they're in the market, they're present, and they're coming out with products for retail investors, which oh, yeah. is the most bullish sign of all. Meaning that they're they have accumulated pretty much everything they need, and it's about to time to sell off to the suckers, <laughs> which means they're going to run the prices up. Uh, we've already seen alts really start to recover. Uh, for the first time, you know, their daily charts are starting to look up even versus Bitcoin. Uh, before the past few weeks, the only token that had any gains in value versus Bitcoin was Link all year long. But and now B- that's and changing. And BNB and Litecoin. I, those are the top three this the top year. Top three this yeah. year. Yeah, but now that's starting to change and we're seeing some big moves upwards. So as we move on to the hot or not segment, we'll start with something that's really hot, metal. Yes. We have some hot metal up 99% this week. Hot metal, baby. Oh, my God. Moeda loyalty points up 94%. Seal up 78%. So these are all top 200 coins that uh, I don't even know what seal is, but there it is. (laughs) However, there are some that are not performing well. Lambda down 54%. Dent down 36%. And Wink down 23%. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. Guys, I think I'm going to make a bold prediction. So during the weather report, I just talked about how I think we're pretty close to an alt season, if not already at the very beginning of it. I think that we're actually going to see, I'll I'll go on record, the next four episodes of the Weekly Fire. So within the next four weeks, one of these, one coin that's going to be in that top is going to have a 1000% increase over seven days. Whoa. I don't know which one it's going to be, obviously. So something in the top 200 or even the 300 is what we rank. You're saying there's going to be a thousand percent climb. I think that I think that there's going to be a coin or a handful of coins that we will see the greed of the market really start to shine through. And we will probably see a 10x or a thousand percent increase over a seven day period. That'll be my uh, my on the take or sorry, my on the record hot take. Wow. I wonder what it could be. I have no idea. Well, it's got to be something with uh, a pretty low cap, pretty low volume. So let's kind of cycle through here. No, don't name any names. Don't name any names. I'm going to name three names. Let's see. Potentially, we're just going to make a friendly little wager, not financial advice. You're, you so you're going to say a name and I'm going to say if I think yeah that'll be it yeah okay okay let's see here i'm nervous i'm nervous i'm the one who has to make these calls here i think potentially 
looking in the lower range. Uh, I think it's going to be something that probably nobody has ever heard of, and that is a true, true shitcoin. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very possible. So if you give me, if you name reputable projects, I'm probably going to say no. Okay, well, I'm going to start with <laughs> I'm going to start with 10x. No, it's ranked 186, only 11 cents right now. Could it be up to a dollar? What, what's its market cap? Closer. Its market cap is currently only 13 million. Oh, frick. Yeah, I remember less than a million daily volume. Like that is so far down from where it used to be. Oh, that thing used to be everywhere. But I think people could probably see through it now, maybe. Like, what because- if they come out with like their actual product and it's ready? Like, here's yeah, much. they've been dragging their feet. I don't know. Who yeah, knows? okay, that could be one. Maybe, maybe. Uh, another one could be Thunder Token. What is, I've never heard of that. Thunder so- Token is, uh, oh, hell. We just talked to them. I don't even oh, remember. Oh, Thunder Core? Yeah, it's from Thundercore. Oh, that, token. that is a way too legit project to pump 10x in a it's, week. It's ranked 200. It only has a market cap of 12 million right now, less than half a million in daily volume. Okay. If they got their shit together, possible. Very, very possible. And then looking back through here, you know, down into page three, you see all kinds of different things. Uh, oh, man. So much garbage over here. So much garbage. What yeah, could guys. It possibly be uh, it, it, definitely something illegitimate. Maybe something like Atlas Protocol. Yeah, like it's gonna be something that we're Atlas gonna be like, Protocol wait. hits Binance or something, and then yeah, it's go gonna through the roof. It's gonna be a project that goes 10x that nobody's ever heard of, and it puts them on the map. And then anyhow, so that was just my yeah. little bold take. Who we knows? will see. It's it's coming though. We're very close. We're very close. All right, let's move on to our next segment. I love hot or not, but you know what I love even more. Is smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. So today we've talked a little bit about uh, the effects that institutional money is having on the market. But is it good or bad that crypto is going mainstream? Well, hold on. Let's define what institutional money even is. That means traditional wealth management firms like JP Morgan, like Fidelity, these huge uh, money management firms that manage money for the rich elite. Okay. So Bitcoin is no longer pension just, funds, endowment funds. Uh, yeah, I mean, like anything. I guess yeah, literally everything. Where the av- not the average person, but the the traditional, very very rich, wealthy elite are now getting their hands and controlling some of the Bitcoin supply, and uh, it's no longer just this underground cypherpunk movement. Is it good or bad? Yeah, it's it's hmm, it's a hard question. I think it's both, but it's probably net positive. So as we saw with the launch of the CME futures in December 2017, it literally tar- marked the the top tick of the Bitcoin price. They launched on December 17th or 18th and price was 20k and they got shorted to the ground because those were cash settled futures. But now with the launch of backed, you know, you have physically settled futures for Bitcoin, which means that you know, in a cash settled future contract, when the contract expires, you never have to touch the physical asset, or in this case, the digital asset, you just pay each other in cash based on that price. But actually having a physically settled contract is going to force institutions who are trading these contracts to go buy on an exchange and pick up or purchase the actual Bitcoin. So that'll probably have a net positive effect. But beyond that, I think just the more I mean, again, this market cap for Bitcoin is only whatever, $180 billion. Maybe if that 160, it fluctuates every day. But this is such a like, literally some wealth management firms manage like 
200, 300, 400, 500 trillion, 500 billion dollars, right? So for them, this is actually a market cap that's too small to have an effect on their portfolio. They're like, uh, it's just too small. It's, it doesn't mean anything. But I think they'll start to realize that they'll be able to get a little bit of beta. Beta is just uh, non-correlation uh, to your current risk profile, essentially. They'll be able to get a little beta by holding just a little, or sorry, they'll be able to get a lot of beta by holding just a little bit of Bitcoin because it's going to be non-correlated to a lot of their other holdings. So I think that it's going to be a net positive. I think that, you know, they're going to be, their their appetite is getting wetted, wetted. It's getting uh, intrigued. And, you know, we, we see players like Fidelity, get in here and custodialize things. And we see other guys like Eris X and, you know, that's traditional money, but yeah, it'll be a net positive. That's my take. I'll take the opposing point of view then. Uh-huh. I think sometimes you need to really be careful what you wish for. If Bitcoin really goes mainstream, A, now it has to obey rules and laws and regulations, which is not part of the design. So you're going to have wallets that now have to meet PCI compliance standards you're going to have to have uh, very highly regulated ways of, you know, taxing these things and reporting them. I think all that's inevitable, uh, though. Is it, though? Absolutely. It seems that way. I mean, chain analysis is just going to be probably one of the biggest growing areas in the blockchain space. And these are basically the rats, if you will, the people that are you basically causing this amazing technology that was once used for privacy and freedom to now be used against the people that are using it, where every little thing is tracked. I mean, it was bound to happen, though. You have this open database of transactions where every single person is, you know, serialized, essentially. But if it was bound to happen, why would we all, you know, promote this and get into it in the first place? So I really wonder. Uh, and then in addition, like, if you look at mark at the traditional markets, like it is so heavily manipulated and the smartest people have invented all these crazy financial products that manipulate, you know, traditional stock markets and asset markets. And like CDOs markets. and all those kinds of it's things. It's insane, like options and things like that. It's just nuts. So <laughs> if you apply that to crypto, I mean, we're not as smart or as educated in financial things like most of us aren't compared to these huge guys at these traditional wealth management firms. Uh, it's very, very likely, you know, 90 to 95% of us who are here with other intentions besides just making money uh, could very well get shaken out. I see what you're saying. And, you know, basically all the crypto assets worth having get completely bought up and those markets recontrol just like everything else. Okay. I, I, I 100% see your point now. So you're saying that because there are some legitimate products and legitimate blockchains out there that inviting the lions into our den, essentially inviting these you know, quantitative hedge funds and everybody in, they might suppress the price of a great project and make it not come to fruition. And they might use fancy, you know, options and financial products to ruin something that could potentially have been great. Yeah. The government's always been trying to stop Bitcoin and they couldn't figure out how on a technical level, but on a financial level, they have more money than everyone. They could literally buy up every Bitcoin order over a dollar and just absorb it and drive the Bitcoin price to zero and scare everyone else in the crypto market away from ever trying something like this again. But yeah, I mean, we just talked with uh, with Alex from HFR the other mm-hmm. day and he was like, yeah, he's like, I know people with, you know, 
a you know massive chunk of Bitcoin. And these are people who hold it for ideological reasons. There are plenty of people in the world that will never sell their Bitcoin. The people that have been in it the longest, you know, uh, Trace Mayer calls them the hodlers of last resort. You know, these are guys that have thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Bitcoin that have been in it since the beginning, that have built companies around it, that are the most ideological people in the world, and they'll never sell their Bitcoin to a government. That's fine, but what if all that value goes to zero? Then they're out of business just the same way. I think there's always going to be demand for it. Maybe just like there's still some BitConnect being traded around, there could be still a very, very small black market for Bitcoin if it gets absorbed and annihilated. But- I actually think that the one, the biggest negative in the world is human greed. But this might be what actually saves Bitcoin because there is such a tremendous opportunity for these wealth management firms to increase their own portfolios, to drive the price up, to make a tremendous amount of money that they're not going to kill it. They'll see this as a new amazing way of bolstering their own reputation. Here's why Bitcoin will never go to zero barring a major, major bug in the code that nobody's ever caught in that brings it down, you know, makes it in un- unusable. It'll never go to zero because there is hardware investment in mining. So these miners have such entrenched interest. They've spent millions of dollars, millions of US dollars, mil- millions of Chinese dollars, millions of whatever. And they've invested Lots of time, lots of energy building businesses, buying hardware to mine magical internet money, right? And they're investing millions because they know that they could turn those millions into tens or hundreds of millions. So as long as there's a mining ecosystem, I'm of the opinion that Bitcoin will never go to zero. That's a pretty good point. My only concern is a new challenger has entered the tournament. And they switch all their mining power from... Bitcoin to this new thing? I mean, that's got potential or it could just become so unprofitable to mine that they simply just dump their miners in the ocean. Yeah. But the thing about all these miners is they're all, I mean, the the miners that actually make money, they're all ASICs, right? They're the application specific integrated circuitry that only does SHA-256 Bitcoin hashes. But here's here's one- So you'd have to find another coin that has SHA-256 to mine. But you can make one too. You so, could make one, but- So as a final point, I think even if Bitcoin did get completely absorbed and got dropped down to zero and fully suppressed, that's not going to stop the ingenuity and the creative spirit of everyone in the crypto industry. Truth. They're simply going to make something new, better- uh, probably based on SHA-256 to continue those resources. So I really believe in the people that are behind Bitcoin, the people that are behind Ethereum, the people that are behind Cardano and Eternity and Skycoin and all these other really, really ingenious platforms that are trying to change the world. So even if Wall Street makes a really hard you know, climbing silver move, they will develop a counter to it. I like that, man. I like that. Uh, I believe in all these Bitcoiners and all these crypto crusaders over here that's right absolutely all right well let's move into fire tweets we only have one this week because it was so fire it burned everything else (laughs) and it is from the usual at rhythm trader he says value lost against bitcoin us dollar down 99.9 percent the euro down 99.9 percent the yuan down 99.9 percent 
The yen down 99.9%, the pound down 99.9%, and the Canadian dollar down 99.9%. That's the value of all these fiat currencies lost against Bitcoin. And he says fiat currencies are in a hyperinflationary Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recording. Recordings, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Ufi Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Ufi Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Ufi Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit ufeofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Ufi Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Laps against Bitcoin. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. You just look at the math. Um, you know, since Bitcoin's inception, it has gained, I mean, yeah, let's call it, you know, when Bitcoin first started trading, it was around eight cents in July 2010. Uh, so eight cents up to 20,000 bucks. <laughs> it's like, you know, 
hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of percentage points. That's a lot. So that that's why you can calculate exactly how much a fiat currency is lost because you just take the inverse of how much BTC has gained against a dollar and then you get negative 99%. So if there's potentially an, an incorrection in that statistic, it's that it's actually much, much worse for fiat. Yeah, it's 99.9999999. Yeah. He just didn't have enough uh, characters on Twitter. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our fire tweet. But before we go any further with our regularly scheduled programming, a quick word from our sponsor, eToro. If you guys haven't had a chance to check them out yet, I mean, we talk about them every day. Um, you guys should really go check them out. Just go to crypto101podcast.com slash eToro. And Pete, why don't you tell them about them? What is eToro? That's one of the easiest ways to buy and sell crypto with confidence, first of all. Uh, they've been around since 2007. Uh, all the assets they have on there have been looked at really, really well. It's legal in over 140 countries and trusted by over 10 million users. So if you're not one of them, why? Yeah, seriously, you got to be asking yourself that question. And, you know, they've been around since 2007. Uh, they started trading crypto assets in 2013. So these cats are the real freaking deal. And my favorite aspect about it is that it's so beginner friendly and it's so expert friendly, but they give you this $100,000 virtual trading simulator so you can practice, you know, executing trades and, you know, technical analysis and all that kind of stuff before you actually put your money where your mouth is. So that's my favorite aspect of the whole thing. My favorite aspect is how easy it is to sign up. I didn't have to wait days for KYC to be approved or anything like that. Literally within two minutes, I was able to use my account. Yeah, it's nuts. Anyhow, guys, as you know, not all platforms are created equal. So go ahead, check it out for yourself. And then uh, hit us with a DM and let us know what you guys think. All right, back to the show. Let's move on to Scorched Earth. I, I think today we should talk about the woes of us little guys. Since yeah. we talked about uh, institutions in the earlier segment, uh, Scorched Earth is where we talk about just, you know, like getting burned, essentially, like how we've been burned in our lives, all that kind of stuff. So what are the woes of being non-accredited? So this week and last week, I've been talking to a lot of lawyers about uh, starting up crypto companies and just the legal regulations across the world, trying to get just a feel of, you know, where things are at and where things are at, at least here in America, is we're behind it's almost like we're treated just like how we treat Iran and North Korea. The rest of the world is now treating U.S. citizens saying, no, you guys can't come in to our ICOs and our private sales because these tokens might be securities. And then the SEC will come after us. They'll find us. They'll shut down our bank accounts. So we're locked out. We have no recourse and we're not wanted. Uh, there is a slight little stipulation that says the retail investor in America can invest like up to like two thousand or five thousand dollars depending on what their income is in these ICOs, except that the paperwork required for these companies to permit that is almost like doing a full uh, IPO of going public. And that costs them millions of dollars in legal fees to actually do in months and months and months. So it's easier for them to just lock us out. And I think that sucks. This is supposed to be the land of the free. If I lose my money, that's my own fault. But these regulations are in place to protect the average American investor from themselves because we're not taught financial wisdom here. We're not taught even how things work. Like you're saying in school and stuff. In school, yeah. yeah. I mean, just in general, unless you are an actual licensed financial advisor, you probably don't know how to make a good investment. Like this knowledge is not even passed down in your family at all. Yeah. If anything, your family just tells you put some money in the bank and save. 
which is the worst advice you can give now. Yeah, I mean, we, there there's the regulation A plus stuff where you know in the the Obama administration, I think it was maybe two thousand and two thousand and nine or two thousand ten when he introduced the Jobs Act, and the regulation A plus basically said, hey, if you're an unaccredited investor, you know. You know, what makes an accredited investor first? It is somebody who has a net worth of over a million dollars or makes $250,000 of income a year. So anybody who's not that, you know, we're going to have an exemption for you guys. And if a company wants your money, they'll do a regulation A plus and you can, you know, invest up to a certain amount. Uh, the company could take money from a certain amount of people and all that kind of stuff. But it was one way to alleviate the woes of unaccredited investors. Um, and there's a great site. I wish I had it off the top of my head. I'll, I'll find it, actually. Her name was... But the thing is, when while you look that up, like there's only been like three offerings this entire time that have been a Reg A+. That's just for tokens, though. Yeah, just for tokens. I mean, you, there's hundreds or maybe thousands of Regulation A+, where you get equity. I mean, Regulation A+, is an equity offering. There's hundreds of thousands of regulation A plus equity vehicles that anybody can invest in, but there's only three that are tokenized. Yeah. And since we're dealing in crypto, like those are the things we're looking at. We're looking at these crypto assets, these digital assets, and we want to be able to get in um, when we, you know, learn about the project, you know, you and I are studying this stuff all the time and we have all this knowledge and information and literally can't apply it to better our own lives. And that seems really unfair that we're simply judged based on how much money we make versus being able just to pass a test to become an accredited investor. Just like, like it's literally easier for me to become an investment advisor and pass a test for 200 bucks than it is for me to be, become an accredited investor. I can literally yeah, tell you have to actually work to become an accredited investor. No, but I mean, <laughs> like I, I could work, you know, 70 hours a week and, you know, make a handsome, you know, salary but unless i make 250,000 a year unless unless i'm already rich i can't have the same vehicles to get rich as the rich people even yeah. if i know as much even if i'm the one advising them yeah guys check out this site called republic.co their their tagline here is now you can be an angel investor invest as little as $10 in private startups and earn a return if the startup succeeds uh, and then you can see, you know, Larry invested $100 in this company. Henry invested 250 They got a little timeline over here. Henry G invested 250 Okay, so this one's a really cool site. I remember meeting some people from this company uh, before. Pretty legit. You know, access the startup world, join thousands of investors. Timothy Draper, Chris Messina, Niv Drawer, and thousands of others invest between $10 and $10 and $100,000 per startup on republic.co. So that's an interesting one and there was another one that was pretty interesting. Yeah guys, check out this site called uh bank to the future bnk to the future.com. Uh it's kind of like GoFundMe or what's the other one called? Indiegogo. Indiegogo, thank you. It's kind of like these, but for crypto stuff where you can invest in equity projects. I remember Kraken raised some equity on here. You got DX Exchange who's raising money now. We've got Edge Wallet who's, you know, and it says, you know, Edge Wallet, co-invest with BitMEX and Fenbushi Capital on this non-custodial exchange. So that's pretty cool. So check that one out, bnk2thefuture.com. 
Um, it's like Indiegogo and Indiegogo and uh, GoFundMe. They also have regulation A plus offerings and all sorts of ways that you could get exposure to. So is anything on Bank to the Future open to the average American? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Interesting. Um, well, we'll have to definitely check that out. That's a huge leap forward. Yeah. Let me let me just click through this site here real quick. Sure. I, I'm not. You know, I'm not. Into, you, you guys are gonna have to check with your respective jurisdictions wherever you are in the world. You know, these disclaimers are freaking a million pages long. So right. I actually don't know who can invest in these things, but check it out and do do your own research. Maybe it depends project to project. As yeah, well. that could be. You know, but Kraken is an American company, and I remember yeah. them accepting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Americans can do this, but whatever. Don't quote me on it. Let's move on to the news. All right. So. Speaking of fear of the SEC and getting cracked down and fined, uh, EOS gave no fucks (laughs) when they had their year-long ICO, and for that, they raised $4.1 billion. The SEC last week has fined Block One, the parent company of EOS, for having an unregulated uh, securities token sale. You know how much that fine was for? $24 million. $4.1 billion. Little flick on the forehead, $24 million fine. So you guys do the math. $24 million divided by $4.1 billion is a half of a percentage point. Imagine, I mean, it just blows my mind. I mean, what the hell? Half a percentage point. Half a percentage point. So why why would that stop anyone? You know, Why would that stop let, it? Let all Americans participate. Who cares? You're going to raise a ton of money. Yeah. Pay, pay the fee. Like the, what this is, is, is literally a bribe. Like you committed a crime, you broke a law, yet there's no punishment for it. You literally settled. Because what this was is they settled out of court. This and they wasn't didn't, a judgment. They didn't this have to admit to the crime. That's right. Yeah, they didn't have they to admit. They didn't admit to it. They settled out of court. So which basically, that's a bribe. They paid the SEC $24 million to make their wrongdoing go away. And think about the and SEC getting its grubby little paws on 24 mil. They're like, oh, hell yeah. We're, you know, we hit it big. You know, it's like... That's insane. I mean, that's insane. You gotta, you just gotta think, man. Like these lawyers, what the hell? Twenty four million bucks out of a four. Anyhow, whatever. Yeah. So um, this is great news. And Ripple's for, probably up next, to be honest. Yeah, they probably are. But this is great news for them because Ripple can absolutely afford a twenty four million dollar fine oh, if yeah. they double it. Forty eight million. Now there's precedence. It's like, oh, yeah. just go ahead and do an unregistered sale of securities, and uh, you know, just pay the fine. Pay the fine. Just speed at 120 miles an hour. If but, you're rich, just pay the $200 speeding ticket and go however fast you want. Yeah. And so now that, you know, we have this precedent, right? And it, I don't really know exactly. Like, there's not like court precedent because this thing, I don't think went to court. It was just... It was a settlement. It was a settlement. It was ar- judicial arbitration. And so, you know, my question is, you know, and I tweeted it out. Nobody responded. Uh, what happens to American companies like Coinbase... Or like Kraken, for instance, who have offered a secondary platform or a secondary venue for trading these unregistered securities and claimed that they weren't securities. Like, are there any implications for the Coinbase's and the Krakens of America? I, I don't know. Like, are they going to de- – like, nobody has delisted EOS yet. It was kind of coincidental timing that Coinbase came out with the the Crypto Ratings Council for judging the – level of how much this thing represents a security or whatever they're calling it. And let's get into that and talk about that a little bit yeah. more. So because there's so much gray area between – these tokens act as multiple things. They're yeah, not just exactly. one or the other. 
I think at the SEC starting to realize that too. They're like, look, we get it. You guys kind of had a security, but it also has been proven to be a utility. Here's the reasons why. So yeah. we can't charge you with criminal activities and we can't say to everybody, you know, delist this thing and fine everybody who's ever well, touched it. Well, they can. It. They're the SEC. They can do whatever they want. But I think they they logically like... They like, shouldn't. They shouldn't. They but, shouldn't do that. That would also be terrible. The, the lawyers on the other side are fighting for our side and they're like presenting valid logic to say that like the SEC, if you wanted to do this, it's literally like just not right. Right. I don't know. So what the Crypto Rating Council is, is it's made up by Coinbase and some other people that haven't quite identified themselves yet, ironically. But they just have a very unofficial rating system that they're building out to say how much of a security something is. So the ratings range from one to five, one being not a security at all. And they've applied that one rating to Bitcoin, Monero and things like that. Well, they have a five being something like Maker, which is absolutely like a share of a company. And then a lot of these other things like Ripple and EOS kind of fall in the middle in like the two and a half to three and a half range because there's there's some different things. So at least the industry is trying to provide its own internal guidance and a framework that the SEC might be able to build something new from. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much credibility this this uh, ratings council is going to have if it gets any steam, you know, if it picks up any steam. But I think it's a good signal to the governing bodies and the powers that be that we're trying, right? Yes. That there are good faith efforts yes. being put forward to self-regulate. Yes. And, you know, we even saw... Actually, I didn't even think about this until now. Uh, we reported on it three weeks ago, I want to say, when one of the Coinbase VPs got appointed to run a, a section of the CFTC, yes. uh, which is focused on you know the co Commodities Futures Trading Commission. They regulate derivatives and stuff like that. And so we saw Coinbase VP get appointed to head up some of the digital market uh, stuff going on over there, the digital currency market. So, you know, it's all coming together. It's a slow process, but we're putting forth a good effort. We're putting the right people in the right positions. And I think overall, it's a net positive, at least for how the regulators view us uh, in, in, in the space, you know, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my thoughts on the cryptos rating council. Ho yeah. You know, hopefully it does well. And then just to close out the news, uh, we have some other huge players that are entering the blockchain space. Bayer, the huge pharmaceutical company, is partnering with Ant Financial, which is the payment affiliate of Alibaba. Mm. And what they're doing is they're making a blockchain for agriculture. We talked about on, on Today in Crypto last week about Eternity developing a solution for a South American cannabis farm, tracking everything from the seed all the way to the final product. And apparently, you know, Bayer and everyone else thinks this is a pretty good idea. So they signed a letter of intent to utilize blockchain technology to increase the efficiency, improve the income of farmers, and ensure production of high-quality food and aid in this digitization of agriculture. But what's really interesting is Bayer is now the parent company of the heavily scrutinized Monsanto, who's responsible for creating all these GMOs that get unknowingly put in our food, or that's where our food comes from. Currently, we have no transparency or information about it, and there's a lot of people getting sick. They blame a lot of diseases and other conditions that people are born with now based on these GMOs. So I wonder if this blockchain will at all start providing transparency so we can kind of see if uh, any of these con new conditions and whatnot and health issues are directly correlated. Yeah, I, I mean – 
on a personal level, I'm probably not as bullish on enterprise blockchain and, you know, agriculture on the blockchain and shoes on the blockchain. You know, we saw Reebok or who, who was it? The partner, New Balance, thank you, that partnered with Cardano to prove, like, I don't know. For me, it just doesn't excite me. I'm not as excited about that. I'm more excited about these public open blockchain networks like Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, and, and even, you know, EOS or Litecoin these public open blockchains that are censorship resistant and uh, borderless and that have monetary value attached to them as opposed to just a coordination machine for a couple enterprises. That just doesn't excite me as much, but I think at a high level, it does a lot of good, again, for the perception of our industry. Hey, look, we have this technology that we invented and that other people think is valuable and, you know, Reputable people like Bayer and quote unquote reputable, right? (laughs) I say that tongue in cheek, but to the outside world, you know, mom and dad and grandpa and grandma and your teachers and all these other people think, you know, crypto is just for criminals and for all these, you know, bad use cases and stuff. And they're like, oh, well, look how our technology is being adopted by the people that you know and love. Yeah. These companies that you know and love and trust. So, so that's just my take. I think it's a net positive for the for the perception of the industry, but I don't actually think it has much girth. And with girth, we're going to call it a day. So <laughs> we'll be back on Monday. Bryce, what do we have coming out? Oh, guys, Monday, we have such a special treat for you guys. I, I, I don't know if I want to spoil it. Yeah, okay, I'll spoil it. Okay, we're launching a new series uh, that we're calling the Founders Series. And it is going to basically have life lessons and intimate questions with founders of you know these companies and projects that you know and love. But it's more about the people behind the projects and the motivation behind them and what drives them and their management styles and their entrepreneurial spirit and it's more about the people. And so I'm really, really excited to introduce our first founders, but I'm not going to spoil the surprise. You got to got to tune in on Monday. Uh, but yeah, so keep a lookout for the black podcast icon. That's right. Weekly fires orange and the normal one is blue. And now we have the founder series. So guys, tune in for that. It's going to be super exciting. And it's going to be something that no matter what industry you're in, uh, it's you, you'll be able to learn something. So it's really not crypto specific. Uh, it's about entrepreneurialism and management and business. Um, so we're really, really excited for that. And guys, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, you are doing something wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we have, we have uh, great conversations every day in there with all sorts of fun people. So join that. Just go to facebook.com and Google, or sorry, go to Facebook and uh, type in the search bar Crypto 101. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, also check us out on Twitter at Crypto101pod and stay up to date. And then we also live stream on younow.com slash Crypto101 every weekday at 1 p.m. Pacific. So catch us live and ask us live questions and join that community. There's, There's typically about at any given time, maybe 60, 70 people in there. So we have a lot of fun. And come ask us questions directly or come co-broadcast with us. It's the most interactive show we have. Yeah, literally anybody who is watching that live can raise their hand and we could drag them in and they could be part of you know the live video stream. So we love that platform. Guys, we will see you on Monday.
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.